This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Turn to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm going to harp on this a little bit tonight again. Faith grows out of the Word of God. Faith grows out of the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now what you begin to see in our world that Father God, according to Hebrews, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, God doesn't change. Uh, it says that in Malachi 3, 6, he said, I'm God, I don't change. The Bible says the word of God is forever settled in heaven. It doesn't change. But the things in our life that we view sometimes as security, they change. Wall Street changes. Your 401k, it changes. The weather changes. The seasons change. But God doesn't change. And so I, I say that again, I, I've got to get a hold of the Word of God, unlike any other time. And I, I, I encourage you to, to not only get in the Word, but purpose in your heart. I'm, I'm going to live by your Word, Father God. I'm going to live by your standards. And, and the reason I'm harping on this is because the, the farther our world goes toward eternity, the second coming of Jesus the, the more and more the Word of God is trying to be reduced. It's downplayed. I saw the other day where it told how many people call themselves Christians. It's almost 80% too. But when you ask a Christian, is the Word of God absolute truth? That percentage goes down to under 30%. If, if this is not absolute truth, we're in trouble. So again, I, I want to highlight that. Fall in love with the Word of God. And then here's the question you always ask yourself. When something arises, you say, what did God's Word say? And that cures it real quick. Okay, just a little side note. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood or I reasoned as a child. And I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I left those infant ways. I grew up. Now, the interesting word in there says, when I became a man. So we understand that to a degree physically. You, you start seeing young men and women, their, their bodies change physically. And you hear them sometimes, they start speaking. I, I get tickled when their little voices <laughs> kind of look like, where'd that come from? Again, it, it's a sign that, that they're beginning to mature. And, and you see their bodies develop and all that. But the Apostle Paul right here, he, he wasn't talking about uh, physical he was talking about spiritually. There's, there's a time to grow up even spiritually. And one of the ways I grow up is, man, I, I've got to become a doer of the word. Now, keep reading this here with me. Verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly or not clearly. Not, not total. But then face to face. Now, now, what this is talking about, that while we're here on this earth, 
I'm going to understand the things of, of heaven and God dimly, not completely, not fully. But when I see Jesus face to face, whew, I'm, I'm going to know everything completely. I'm going to know everything fully. And, and, and in that day, that happens, and that's going to happen. I, I go back to the, the old Mercy Me song. Man, what, what will I do when I stand before Jesus? It's going to happen. Okay, it's just it's a little sidetrack. I better get back going here. Better not get on the Mercy Me song. Let me keep going. Now, I know in part or partial, but then I shall know just as I also am known. I become complete. Now, when I get in the presence of the Lord, that's what's going to happen. Verse 13. And now abides faith, Hope and love, these three. Now, they abide now. But the greatest of these is love. Now, when Paul talks about faith or trust and hope and love, he, he's not in fearing that hope and faith are of no good. That's not what he's saying. But he's telling us that each one is important and has its, its, its own place. And so... The virtues of faith, hope, and love, they're necessary right now. But in the age to come, faith will give away to sight. Again, I won't have to live in faith anymore because there is going to be. And hope will give away to experience, but love is eternal because God is love. Now, when I begin to look at what he says there, when you think about the word hope, Hope always deals with the future. Woo, I, I hope Jesus is coming soon. I hope one day to get married. I hope one day to have a great job. And so when I say that, that's, that's future tense. But anytime I look at faith, faith is now. Faith is present tense in the in the biblical uh, reference of that is Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, but now faith is the, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when I deal with faith, understand, that's now. That's present. And so the reason I highlight that now, right now, when I come to, to God in the area of faith, God wants me to have that right now. So when you, when you give your heart to Jesus and you ask him to come into your heart, after you do that, do you have the thought, oh, I, I hope someday I'm saved? No, no. That, that minute that you ask Jesus to come into your heart, then you're born again right there now. And so faith, again, it's, it's now. And that's one of the things I, I want us to see tonight, that we begin to have this, this uh, belief in, in trusting the Lord, His Word, right now. Now, I'm going to review back with me. Go to, go to uh, Mark chapter 11. I'm going to review a couple passages of Scripture pertaining to prayer here for a minute. Just so you can begin to catch things that God, God wants you to have things now. He wants you to get your faith out there right now. Mark 11, verse 24. Now, I can tell you this. In this area of Mark 11... Really, the whole chapter, but mainly chapters 22 through 
24. When, when I went to Bible school, three days a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, for an hour and 15 minutes, every one of those days, for a year, I, I turned to this passage. Every day. E- every day I'd walk in. I didn't, I didn't have to ask where we were going. I'd sit down in my Bible of Mark and open to Mark eleven twenty. Two, Mark eleven twenty three twenty four, 24. And so when I, when I talk on this stuff, remember, this, this is the foundation of, of my spiritual life. This got inside me 40 years ago almost. And so I, I've, I've lived this right here. This, this has become so incredible to me. But every time I read this, it stirs back within me. It's, it's like the Lord saying, Come on, I want want to answer your prayers right now. Come on, jump out there. Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore, I say to you. Now, he's getting personal. If you'll note, this is the Lord Jesus. I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, when I see the word in there, And when you ask, when you pray, believe. The word believe is rooted in faith. That's what faith is about. It's about believing and trusting. But it's interesting here, the Lord Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you receive. He didn't say hope that you'll receive. He said, believe that you receive. And so when I I come to God, this becomes so important for me and you to understand that you, you can pray. And you can ask God. And you can believe you receive. And he said specifically then, you will have what you say or or what you prayed about. Now there's some guidelines to this that we're going to get into a little bit more. But again, when, when I see this area in prayer, just because it may not manifest in me, doesn't believe I quit praying or quit believing. I stand on that. Stand on Mark 11, 24. Stand on that. Now, uh, for time's sake, just, just go real quickly with me to the book of, of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. So when you see what this is talking about, believe you should receive, there, there's got to be a, a, a trust and a confidence that's, that's granted to you. To believe in faith, to trust Him. But God's going to do what He says. Now, this is James chapter 1, verse 6. But it says, but let him ask in faith. Didn't say let him ask in hope. And it didn't say just let him ask. James said, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Now, when I see the word doubting there, it's unbelief. And when I doubt, unbelief and doubt is taking sides against the word of God. Do you know what that is? Doubt and unbelief is the exact opposite of faith and believing. And so in our lives, I'm going to go one of the areas, one side or the other. And so James said, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Now, we'll stop there, but verse 7 says, if you don't ask in faith, you're not going to receive. You can keep reading verse 7 and 8 and you'll see it right there. And so I I got to get over into the area and say, Lord, grace my faith here. 
Let the Word of God come alive in me. And let the Word of God start taking a picture. And let it be put on the inside of me. Now, you're real close there. Go to your right. 1 John chapter 5. Just back there a few more books. 1 John chapter 5. So, I got to learn to take sides with the Word of God. Side in with the Word of God. And when I say that, that's not only in my prayers, but that becomes my, my confession, my tongue. See, it's one thing we go to the Lord and we ask and we pray stuff, and then the next hour, the next day, we come back and we short-circuit everything we prayed because we start speaking doubt and unbelief. Now, this passage right here, I, I believe will really enlighten us tonight. 1 John chapter 5, begin with me in verse 11. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Who, who gave us eternal life? God does. Now, that, that phrase there, eternal life, it conveys not only endless life, but the quality of life that comes to those who have faith in Jesus. Now, God, when he talks about eternal life, and he wants to bless us, but he wants to bless you right now. Keep reading. And this life is in his son. Now, when I read there, 1 John 5, 11, he doesn't insinuate there's any other way to eternal life except from God through his son. There's no other way. There's no other uh, person. There's a no other God. It's them. And it's another area you've got to learn to be rooted and grounded in, okay? Keep reading. He who has the Son has life. The original Greek says, the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life or the life. So we can look at that in two cents. You're not going to have eternal life without the Lord Jesus. I don't care who you are. God's not going to grandfather you in because you did 100 Hail Marys. Okay? You're going to have to be born again. You're going to have to accept Jesus. But the second area is this, is John 10, 10. The Lord Jesus said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. And I believe that life he's talking, not just when I get to heaven. God wants me to have a life here on earth. Verse 13. These things I have written to you. These things I have written to you. Who believe in the name of the Son of God. Now again, he's, he's enlightening us on the area of salvation. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Now, we can go back. And if I look there in verse 11, he said, God has given us eternal life. God, God desires that every one of us have eternal life. But it's not going to happen until you believe you receive Jesus, until you ask Jesus to come into your heart. And the way I ask Jesus to come into my heart I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth. So again, for you and me to be saved, we've got to believe in the Lord Jesus. Now, how do I believe in the Lord Jesus? It goes back to what he said there in the start of verse 13. As it is written, 
I, I can read my Bible and say, this is what God said. So for you and me to get born again, it took an element of faith. No, it didn't, Pastor. Yeah, I did. How do you know it took an element of faith? Well, in my life when I got born again, I wasn't sitting on my front porch. And this guy named Jesus strolled up and handed me a business card. And I said, here, I'm the son of God. I, I highly advise you to get born again. Did any of you see Jesus face to face when you got born again? So if you're born again in here, you got born again by faith. You believe the scriptures. Woohoo, keep going. That you may know. That you may know. It didn't say that you may hope. It said that you may know. That you have eternal life. How do I know? Again, because of what was written. He told me there in verse 13. So where I'm trying to get us in this area is I can believe the Bible. I can believe the written word of God, the Logos. That's how I stand on salvation. But that's how I stand on every promise of God right there. You get over in that area where it's written, and when it's written, you can know. You can stand on that because the Word of God is my proof. It's my title deed. So he said that you may know that you have eternal life. I want that, I want that to soak into some of us because there's times in our life. How, how many of you have you woke up on one morning and you said, Woo, I, I don't feel saved today. But I'm not saved by how I feel. I'm saved because what was written. And so I hang on to that right there, right there. But watch the end of verse 13 here. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That you may continue to believe. Over and over, you continue to believe. I continue to believe. I continue to believe. So guess what he's telling us? Yeah, I get born again by faith and trusting in and believing who Jesus is. But I continue to believe. As long as I'm on this earth, you're going to have to live by faith. You're going to have to continue to believe. How do I know that? All the promises of God are received the same way. So if the Lord says to me, he said, if you'll confess your sins before me, I'm faithful enough, I'm faithful and just to not only forgive you, but I'm faithful to cleanse you. Now that's 1 John 1, 9. So for me to act on that verse, I come before God and I confess my sins to God. And then I say, Father God, you said you're faithful and just to, to forgive me and to cleanse me. How do I know that took place? I got to believe that by faith. And so every time I repent of my sins, I believe that's taken place. And until I get to that place of that confidence where I know when I act on the word of God and I believe God will do exactly what I said, then I'm going to live in an area of hope. Hope's not a bad thing. Hope's a great waiter. It's just a poor receiver. So I got to get over in the area where I said, oh, Father God, this is what your word says. So we continue and we continue. 
I keep reading. Now, now, not when we get to heaven. Now, this is the confidence, the faith, the boldness that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So what, what John did right here, he led us through a progression about how to be saved and how we can know, I know, I know I'm saved. I've said to people, I know I'm saved. Do you know I'm saved? Do you know you're saved? No, I don't know. Well, we got to get you born again where you know. But now he jumps into this area of prayer and he says that we may have confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So now he begins to give me the guidelines of prayer. You know what the guidelines are? I've got to ask according to his will. So the question now arises, what's his will? You know what his will is? His word. You want to know the will of God? Get into the word of God. So when I begin to understand what his word says, then I can begin to pray in alignment with the word of God and I can have a confidence that he hears me because it's aligned with his word. So he gives me foundational uh, of prayer right there. He says, listen, you got to get in the word. You got to get in the word and see what my scriptures say pertaining to you. Now keep going. Verse 15. And if we know, not if we hope, but if we know that he hears us, whatever he asks, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So again, there's a confidence within me when I pray because I know what the Bible says. So that's why I, I, I got to delve into the word of God. And I got to stay in the Word. I got to continue believing God and trusting God. But I must ask according to the Word. Now, John 15, verse 7. I'm just going to quote this. The Lord Jesus said this John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So, how do I abide in Jesus? I've got to get born again. I asked Jesus to come into my Lord Jesus, I surrender. You're Lord of my life. And he said, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, how does the word of God abide in you? I've got to start obeying it. I've got to know it and I've got to obey it. And so right there, he clarifies prayer for every one of us again. He said, if... If, if you're born again, if you abide, if you live in me. So again, there are, there are guidelines, there are perimeters that I must have to live by in the area of prayer. I want you to go one more passage with me tonight. Go into the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 4. So, you see again, my faith is tied to God's word. Now the reason I'm highlighting this, you're going to Proverbs 4. It'll change your prayer life. I'm not a beggar. I'm a believer. That's how we are. We're, we're believers. And, and God, he invites us to pray. How do we know that? Just go back and look at Mark eleven twenty four. 24. He wants you to pray. He wants you to ask him. Proverbs 4, verse 20. 
My son, give attention or pay attention to my words. The Amplified says, consent and submit to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Incline your ear to my sayings. Now, there's, there's numerous references in the, Old, in the New Testament where the Lord Jesus will say this. He'll say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, I can look around this room right now. Everyone of us in here got ears. So the issue isn't do I have ears. The issue is what am I doing with these ears? Do I hear it and do I heed it? And so right here the scriptures tell us, incline your ear to my saying. So I'm, I'm looking at this today and I'm, I'm, I'm just meditating on it. I'm then incline my ears to your saying. So anytime any of us in this room, we've learned a song, whether that song is on the radio, whether it's on Spotify, a CD, how did you learn that song? You inclined your ear to it, not once, over and over and over. There's, there's sometimes in my office, there'll be songs that'll come on and, and they are so good that, that a couple of years ago, Sarah and Mike Byers, they, they saw the headphones I used, they were bad. Every time I put on, it looked like I had a fake beard. They were all coming off and everything. Well, they, they bought Pastor some beats. I'm really cool. I got beats. And so I jab those beats in, and then I spin my chair, and I'll put those on, and I'll, I'll begin to listen. And I'll hit it, and I'll play it back again. I'll, I'll think, oh, it's good. Sometimes I'll bring Oscar and our praise and worship. Say, you guys need to learn that song. I don't ask them if they can do it. I just learn that. So what happens? I begin to tune into something. I, I get on a frequency to learn a song. This will date me a little bit. 1976, a group called Wild Cherry. Play that funky music. How did I learn that? I can, I can sit here and I can sing that old yucky song to you. Because I listen to it so much. And so again, in these areas, incline your ears to my saying. Get on God's frequency. Verse 21. Do not let them. What's the them? My words depart from your eyes. When you start seeing yourself in the light of the word of God, God said in Romans 8, you're more than a conqueror. I'm not going to be a more than a conqueror until I start seeing myself as a more than a conqueror. He said in Revelations 12, you're an over, I'm not going to be an overcomer. And so that's what he's saying. Keep it before your eyes where you begin to see yourself in the light of the word of God. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Let it soak and get in your heart. Value and protect your heart. Verse 22. For they, my word is life to those who find them. So the word of God is like buried treasure. There's times you're going to have to dig for it. Dig for the word of God. Find it. And then grab a hold of it. He said, 
For they, the word of God, is life to those who find them. So if I don't find them, is it death? And health to all their flesh. So within the seed of the word of God is life. And within the seed of the word of God is health. The New International Version says, to man's whole body. So I'm looking at the word health. The word of God is health to part of your body. So I start cross-reference scriptures this afternoon. And I come to one and it literally says the Greek word for the word health is medicine. It specifically said medicine. So you know what the word of God said? The word of God is medicine for your life. And the word of God is medicine for your body. Wow. Now, understand this about medicine. Medicine's a good thing if you follow the directions. If you don't follow the directions, it'll kill you. I'm going to take the whole bottle right now. Well, go ahead, stupid. So when I look at what he's saying here, he gives me insight on the directions of how to take that medicine already. He said, you got to incline your ear. you got to keep it before your eyes. you got to get it into your heart. This is the directions for that medicine in order for it to work like it's supposed to. But he doesn't quit there. Look what he goes on to say. Verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it your heart springs the issues of life. It determines the course of your life. Hmm. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. The message says don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. For out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. So in order for me to take this medicine, I better guard what's coming out of my mouth. So you know what he's telling me right there? One moment I'm speaking the word of God, the next moment I'm speaking doubt and unbelief. And most of the times I believe this with our heart. The thing that sabotages or short circuits your faith and my faith is about that far from my, my nose. It's called my tongue. Keep my tongue in line with the word of God. Speak the word of God. Verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. It's with a fixed purpose. And your eyelids look right before you. Stay focused, stay focused. Ponder the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. And, and so he's telling us, man, don't get sidetracked. Don't take deep. Stay on. Stay on that, that narrow road. Stay on that. Stay on that. Stay on that. And so again, right here in the book of Proverbs, he gives me great insight. And I got to stay with the word. I stay with the word. And so I encourage you to begin to do this 
Ask God to grace you to hunger for the word of God. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I, I, I got to get into the word. The only way God gets into me is when I start getting into the word and then begin to allow yourself to see yourself through the eyes of the word of God. If, if God says you're an overcomer, and start believing that. Start speaking that. If God says you're more than a conqueror, start believing that. Well, pastor, you don't know my past. I know this is popping. You don't know what I'm, I, I don't care what you're going through. i got to get you to the place where I believe the word of God. And there were times in my life in this area I'm at, guys, right now, I hated to be in front of people. I, I cringed at the thought of being in front of people. Some of you say, man, what happened? I, I, I could not handle it. I would shake and roll me up over and over and over. And then I started reading those scriptures. And when the Lord said there in Philippians 4, he said, you can do all things through Christ Jesus. I said, Lord Jesus, you've got to help me to do this tonight. You've got to grace me. And man, I... I'd start getting out of the boat. What do you mean get out of the boat? I, I, I got to get out of the boat and walk on the water. And the way I walk on the water is I start trusting the word of God. Get out of the boat. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat setter. What did he say? I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat setter. You know what a wet water walker is? He gets out. He gets out. He may go down, but he's going to come back up. But the, 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 the dry boat setter, you know what he does? He's critical. Man, that Ben Mason, he's an idiot. God's never going to use him. Man, when I get out in faith and start just believing God, so guess what? We're going to expand your faith tonight. Why don't you stand up here with me? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.